This is just a prop. Those of you who know me, this is not this is not being used. I'm not injured. Everything's fine. Oh, my goodness. So we got to read Philippians this week. And, of course, Pastor Mark is like, oh, you need to be more encouraging because you know, we're the good cop, bad cop. And I get to be the good cop and you're the bad cop. But you're doing a good cop sermon. And I told him he's totally spoiled my plans because I was going to focus on Eudodia and Sintiki and how we were going to be, you know, not arguing with one another. So totally messed that up. Thank you, Mark. Anyway, so... One of the things that, that we're going to look at as we're going through Philippians is we're going to go through a, a passage of scripture that is taken out of context so much it drives me crazy. It's the verse, I can do all things, depending upon your translation, through Christ who gives me strength, right? Be like, okay. Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Throw it. So many times we see that verse used out of context and and put into a place where it doesn't really belong. As a matter of fact, because I love my Clemson Tigers, 2018, they win the national championship. And so they have a ring presentation and they film that. And do you think I watched that video on YouTube? Yes, I did. And Ben Bulware gets up there. And he says, when he gets up there to share, as he's got, you know, they had a lot of the leaders from the team to share. He gets up there and shares that verse from Philippians. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And while I love hearing the scripture, I hate hearing it out of context. Because we have adopted that verse as if I is the subject. I is not the subject. We're going to look at it in context. And the sermon title that I have today is, I can do all things, and so can you. It's so true. So if you will, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4 as we look at the context of the scripture. Because when we see the context of Philippians 4, it's going to share, it's going to share with us what the entire book of Philippians is truly all about. And we're going to jump around in a lot of different places in Philippians to show you why that is so. So to get the context of verse 13, we're going to read verses 10 through 20 in chapter 4 together. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you've been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. 
Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, and you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I've received full payment, and even more, I'm amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you have sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, we look at the larger context of this passage of Scripture. We see that Paul isn't necessarily talking about that he can do all things. The things that he's talking about doing, he actually defines in verse 15 when he says... Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. Everything about this passage is about Paul's ministry to share the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter his circumstances. I know what it is to have plenty. I know what it is to be in want. I know what it is to be built up and I know what it is to be laid low. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. A better translation would actually be, I can do all things in him who gives me strength. That changes totally the context of how we oftentimes take this wonderful, awesome passage of scripture. But to prove my point, I don't want to just Take out right here in Philippians chapter 4 in this small manner of context. Let's go back to the very beginning of Philippians and see where Paul continues this thought that runs all the way through Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. You guys hear? Where's the focus? The focus is the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I started in my ministry, you were the first to help me in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And whether I am defending or confirming the gospel, you are here with me. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what Philippians is all about. From the very first verse to the very end of Philippians. It is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as Mark did a great job last week in in Ephesians talking about these prison epistles that he's in prison when he's writing these things down. Philippians has a different flavor to it, right? I I think that with all of these prison epistles, we spend a lot of time 
uh, in the first half of it, building up the deity of Christ, who Jesus is, what he's done for us. And the second half is how to work that out. The same holds true in Philippians, but there's a different flavor to it because there's a lot of encouragement here because they've shared continually this whole time. They've been faithful. I don't have a lot. I don't have a whole lot of correction with you guys as far as personal corrections because you have been ministers with me for the gospel. This is all about the gospel. I want to tell you about the gospel and what's happening because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he mentions his plight in verses 12 through 14 when he says this. Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Notice the focus is still on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm in jail for the gospel. And now everybody knows I'm in jail for the gospel. And you know the effect of that? The effect of that is people are now sharing the gospel of Christ more fearlessly. How many of you have ever read a magazine or account or been on the website for Voice of the Martyrs? I used to own books. I think I still do someplace in the house. I used to own books or get the magazines and I would read them all the time. I can't tell you how encouraged I was when I would hear about brothers and sisters in Christ in much more dire circumstances than the privilege that we have here in America sharing their faith in Jesus. And oftentimes, and nobody's trying to shame anybody, but oftentimes I would feel shamed. Not because anybody's trying to do it. Over the fact that here are people sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and it costs them something. And here am I in America and what am I doing? You know? Go go to the grocery store counter and like, would you like to, would you like to come to church sometime? I did it! I did it! Man. These people are going other places knowing that preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel costs something. And when I hear of those brothers and sisters of mine who are around the world doing that, I I get encouraged, get a little bit more bold, right? This is what's happening with Paul. He's in jail. And because it costs him something, other people are now preaching the gospel and they're preaching it more fearlessly. They're like, wait a second, he really believes this. That, that makes a difference. He's got some skin in the game and he's still preaching the gospel. I mean, the rest of that passage in, in chapter 1 starts talking about, you know, some people are preaching the gospel out of envy and revelry. And they're, they're trying to stir up trouble for me. And other people are doing it out of goodwill. And he's like, what do I care? I don't care. You know why? Because the gospel in any and every way is being preached. And because of that, I rejoice. Man, that's, that is just a different mindset. It's a mindset that I want to have all the time, and I just have to admit to you, I don't. I wish I did. I don't, but I can have it. Right? Because I can do all things, and so can you. But it's got to cost us something. Uh, one of the things that I, I talk to parents about all the time, and it's funny because, parents, you guys will totally understand this. Your child growing up gets Christmas presents. 
Okay? Well, let's just, maybe you don't give Christmas presents like us because we don't, we're, we're just terrible that buddy. But anyway, so maybe your children get birthday presents or Christmas presents and you've given them this nice Christmas present that they asked for. And how many of you have watched your children treat those Christmas presents that they begged for, asked for, wanted, opened up, and then they treat it like trash? They're like, ah, just throw that over there, throw that over there, whatever. And then they grow up and they get their first job. And then they buy something that they want with their own money. And all of a sudden, everything changes on how they treat that, right? Like, don't, mm, don't you dare. Uh-uh, no, I paid $50 for that shirt. You're not just wearing that shirt because you want to. I don't care if you're my sister. I'll kill you. You know it's true, right? It's absolutely true. A video game system, you bought them 10 video game systems before, but now they bought their own video game system. Now, no, no, you cannot play. No, you're going to scratch it. You scratch that up, you're paying for it. All of a sudden, they become, what happened? Have you taken a Dave Ramsey class? Seriously, what happened with you? This child who took all the things that I had and just like, you took them in this trash pile. We could have burned it. You wouldn't have cared. But now you got skin in the game and it means something to you. The same thing when it comes to the gospel of Jesus Christ. When the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't cost you and I anything, it's kind of an easy thing to overlook, right? It's an easy thing to take for granted. It's an, it's an easy thing to think that, yeah, how, how am I going to change the lives of everybody else when basically, you know, not to be too harsh, I just don't want to be inconvenienced. With the cost of Christ. Remember, Paul's writing this letter as an encouragement to the people of Philippi because they've been faithful in sharing the gospel. So he's saying, I'm in prison and people are sharing the gospel more faithfully. When it costs us something, people take notice. When we recognize that need. So we're going to spend the remainder of our time in Philippians chapter 3. Because I I want to talk about this idea of sharing the gospel and what things prevent us from doing so. Right? I want to be encouraged and I want to be an encouragement to other people in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. I I want to be, I, I don't want to say I want to be that, but I want to be like those saints that I read about in the voice of the martyrs. I'm not saying that they're perfect, but the one thing that they do do that sometimes I do not do is they know the sacrifice it takes for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and they think it's worth it. And sometimes we don't. What holds us back? Because according to Paul, I can do all things and so can you. So let's find out those things that that hold us back and the things that we ought to focus on to get us past that so we can be those people who are being the sacrifice for the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard to you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. 
circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And what is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of the sharing of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already attained all of this or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold for that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press onward to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The first thing that he shares that is a barrier to you and I sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ is that of status. He talks about the bragging rights, right? If anyone else has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, anybody else has status, I had status. And he lists it out. I'm circumcised on the eighth day. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. What did he mean by that? He meant he's from an uncorrupted tribe. He's from the tribe of Benjamin, not one of the Samaritan tribes that were half-breeds. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I am, uh, in regard to the law, I'm a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting church. Now, we see Pharisee as a bad thing, but you have to understand, for them, Pharisee was a title of honor. Pharisee was somebody who has made it in the world and seen as a religious leader. To everybody else. I am a Pharisee. I was that. As regard to the law, I was faultless. And yet, having all of those things, Paul didn't have Jesus. All of those things that he looked at, he didn't have Jesus. Now he has Jesus. He looks back at all those things. He says, you know what? I count them as rubbish. Nothing. We work pretty hard for the status that we have, right? And there's nothing wrong with hard work. The Bible is very, very complimentary of working hard. We should work hard. But not for the sake of working hard and not for the sake of status. Our work should be done that we're doing it to glorify God in all that we say and do. So that wherever we're at, whether we're in need or we're uh, in want or we have plenty, guess what? God still gets the glory because we're still going to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But did you notice what he talked about? He said, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to share in his sufferings. We don't see a lot of Christians praying that part of it, do we? I I want the gospel of Jesus Christ to come easy. Remember, he's in jail. I'm just reminding you, he's in jail. He's writing this down. He's in jail. And his jailing has caused the encouragement of other people to be bold. Why? Because it's not just words. 
It's easy if everybody thinks it's just words. Hey, it's just words and everybody's following Paul. Of course it's easy. That's costing him something. And he's happy it's costing him something. Because he's sharing in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. And people as a result of that are saying, he really means it. Maybe there's something to this Jesus after all. But as long as you and I are focused on worldly titles and accolades and goals. And again, I'm not dissing those things. But if they become the end all be all, we end up missing Christ. And in missing Christ, are we prepared to share the gospel? Because it's going to cost us too much. It's a little bit different, isn't it? Thinking of it quite in that way. So what about our status? Where we're at? The jobs, the title, the accolades that we're working for. Are we willing, for lack of a better term, to throw it all away, at least from the world's perspective, to proclaim Christ? If it's sort of costing us something, we're going to proclaim Christ. Or we worry that if I proclaim Christ in this area right here, it's going to cost me something that I'm not willing to part with. So, status is something that can hold us back. Another thing that can hold us back. Continuing on. It's interesting in verse 15. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. All that we just talked about. The suffering for Jesus Christ. The living up to what we've already attained. The recognition that all of these accolades that we've lived for before is nothing compared to the surpassing greatness of Jesus Christ our Lord and the gospel, proclaiming the gospel that he wants us to so that others can be saved. All of us who are mature, take that view. Want to find out if you're mature or not? There's part of a litmus test. Not mine. That's Paul's. He's in jail. He can say this. I'm not in jail. At least not yet. But I'm trying to get there. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't want the IRS looking at this one. All right, so. Um, and if on some point you think differently than that, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For I have told you, I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears. Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is in their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. The second thing that hinders you and me are worldly passions, right? To do the things that the world is doing and if it feels good, do it. This is what the world wants. We're going to do that. Notice Paul. Paul has great sympathy and empathy for those who are caught in that. I'll tell you, it's one of the things that I struggle with because I've seen so much rebellion in, in, our, in our society right now that I sometimes don't have that same empathy and sympathy. As a matter of fact, I truly am praying for God to break my heart over those things. I just want to be angry about it. Just being honest with you. 
But he says, I say now, even with tears, some are enemies of the cross of Christ. Their appetite is for their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. Their path is to destruction. Their mind is on earthly things. So where status is one thing, the other thing is just earthly pleasures, earthly things that are here. He says, we're awaiting a savior from heaven to be transformed like him and his glorious body. Our, our eyes should be heavenward. Our eyes should be, that is our ultimate goal. This right here is just a waiting station before we get to our ultimate goal. The rest of the world doesn't treat it like that. The rest of the world treats this as the ultimate goal. Build your empire here. That's not our kingdom. Never has been. But you and I, unfortunately, we live in such a blessed country. I can say it a a bazillion times, but it's so true. We live in such a blessed country. Minor inconvenience for you and me. I see Julie flapping right now. It's a little warm right now. It, It is. I don't have a problem saying that. But how many times have we let that be a distraction? Oh, I'm suffering so much. I'm suffering so much, the air conditioning isn't working quite right. And that inconvenience just throws us all out of kilter, doesn't it? And we make it the end all be all of everything, don't we? No, I can't believe it. The garbage disposal's broken. Oh my goodness. How are we going to live without a garbage disposal? We can just go on down the, down the road, right? My goodness, the car air conditioning went out or it's it's driving kind of weird, but it still gets me to my destination. It would just And it just reveals that our mind is sometimes a little consumed with earthly things. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying don't fix the air conditioning. I'm not saying don't have air conditioning. We're about to get air conditioning for the first time in twenty years. Woohoo! And that's great, but if I never got it, I wouldn't be any worse off. Right? Sincerely, There are lots of places around the world where the idea of air conditioning is not existent. It's just a fan blowing on a hot day and it's just hot air. But our inconvenience, if we're honest, as Americans, consumes us. And it distracts us because our mind is on earthly things. Like I said, I'm not dissing getting those things fixed. But that's not our mission. It shouldn't be all consuming. Yeah, get it fixed. But you know what? When you get it fixed, guess what? God brought you an opportunity for somebody else coming to your house and fixing your air conditioner so you can talk to them about Jesus. You know why? Because I can do all things and so can you. But most of us in those uh, situations, we're not thinking about that. We're so glad you're here. Oh my goodness, it's been so terrible. How are they going to see the joy of Christ in you when you think it's so terrible that you don't have air conditioning? How are they going to trust in the Savior who has provided all things for you when those minor inconveniences become all-consuming? See, Paul's in jail. I keep saying that, but I want you guys to understand, he's writing this from jail. 
I'm suffering right now for the gospel of Christ. And what do I care? Because people are sharing Jesus. And that's what I'm living for. That's awesome. I don't know what's better. I should go to be with Jesus, which is far better. But for your sake... And for your encouragement, I know I'm going to remain. Dude, the whole focus is the gospel of Jesus Christ in Paul's situation. He's like, I'm in jail. I get to talk, it's, it's become clear to everybody in, the, in this jail that I'm here for the gospel. How do you think it became clear? Because he's preaching the gospel to them. I'm in jail. I knew this was going to happen. Because Jesus tells me everywhere I go, I'm going to have trouble and suffering every place I go. That's what we read with Paul talking about when he goes from place to place. And he goes, I rejoice. I've got a captive audience. They think I'm captured? Dude, they can't leave. That's so awesome. God, you brought them to me. <laughs> you deal with Paul for the next 15 hours. He keeps talking about this Jesus thing. And I don't know what to do with that because he's in jail for this. Like, yeah, I'm in jail for this. And you know what? They're sharing it more. Yeah, so awesome. You thought you're going to stop me, but you're not. You're helping me do exactly what God's called me to do. You know what? Because I can do all things and so can you. Do you guys want to see change? You want to see change in your family? Do you want to see change in your work environment? Do you want to see change with your friends, with the culture that we're living in? Then guys, God has given you and I a commission to make disciples of all nations. And guess what? If we do it, it might cost us something. Because I can do all things is about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter your circumstance. That's what it is. That's the context of it. That's the context of the entire passage of scripture that we read this week. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I don't care if I'm poor. I can share the gospel. I don't care if I'm rich. I can share the gospel. I don't care if I'm brought low. If my situation is bad right now, I can share the gospel. I don't care if I'm on top of the world. I can share the gospel. And when you and I start having that attitude about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that I can share it in any situation, in any circumstance I am, that's a different thing than going up to the grocery store and you're so worried about handing them one of those. You know what? I hand it to them, they throw it away. Kathleen is one of the best people I know. My daughter is awesome at sharing her faith with other people. She comes home all the time. She gets irritated with people because they're like, I tried to share with them Jesus. I watched them just throw it in the, you know, throw it in the garbage can afterwards. So I guess I'll share it with somebody else. So that's kind of her attitude with the whole thing. I learned from my daughter because it's a gift that I don't fully have. And I want to have that. I, I want to be able to say, I can do all things and so can you. That has to be me because this is not the easy part for me. I want to go out and share that. So I've been praying to God to change my heart from this angry of what I'm seeing in society. To be broken hearted that they're enemies of the cross of Christ. And that their only hope and my only hope is salvation through Jesus. And I have to share the gospel to these people. Or they're never going to change. And he's worth it. He's so worth it. 
But until it costs you and me something, we're never really quite going to believe like we say we believe. Till we have some skin in the game. Till we invest. When we start handing out Bibles to other people. Buying tracts with our own money. Not waiting for a church thing to have a great outreach. Which I'm not against a church thing for an outreach. But God has commissioned us as believers in Christ. To share the good news. No matter our circumstance. Write a card to your neighbors. You want to see your neighborhood change. Go and take that, that opportunity to share Christ. And if you're rejected and you're reviled, you are blessed. And you know what? When other people on that block who are believers in Christ see you reaching out, number one, they're going to be encouraged. And they see you being rejected and reviled by others. They're going to preach the word of God more boldly because they see somebody who believes it. And I want to get there and I'm not there yet. I want to see that for you. I want to see that for me. You guys, we're ready. Uh, I just I, Can I just tell you, we are ready. We are over four and a half years going through the Bible as a congregation. How many of you have been here since the beginning of that study? Raise your hand. Look around you. Like, keep your hands up. Look around you. All of these people. That means by the end of this five year time, we have read through the word of God together. You've heard 250 sermons by that time on every subject imaginable. You are ready. You are prepared. It's time to go and preach the gospel. It's time to share to the people around us. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. You're going to learn what it means to be rejected by those who don't want Jesus or who walked a little while with you and then they say no. And it breaks your heart. You're going to learn that. But you know what you're going to do? You're going to encourage other believers. Man, they're doing it. And it costs them something. Maybe I can do that too. So that in every situation, whether right motivation or wrong, the gospel of Christ is preached and therefore I rejoice. That's where we want to get to. That's where I want to get to. And I'm not there yet. And Paul said he's not there yet. He's in jail. Did I say that before? He's in jail and he rejoices over all of these opportunities. What's holding you back from sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is it your status? Is that how you're going to look in your friend's eye? Is it worldliness? The things that are here? I can't answer the question. I can only answer it for me. And I've had to answer it because this is very convicting for me. I want to know Christ power of his resurrection share with him in his sufferings i really do i really really do i think it's important that we recognize that the sharing in the sufferings is part of the encouragement of the saints that the faith that we share is real we're going to do something different as we end today i want you guys all to stand up
I'm going to tell you, we're going to, we're going to chant something. I'm not for mindless chanting, okay? So I'm going to tell you what we're going to say, and then we're going to say it together, okay? If you, this is not your conviction, don't chant. Fair enough? This, not, this isn't a mindless thing. I want this to be a conviction of your heart based upon the truth of God's word that we've just studied together. If you believe this, I want you saying this with me. If you don't believe this, feel free to abstain. No judgment, sincerely. We're going to say this together. I can share the gospel of Christ no matter my circumstance. Because that's what this verse means. I can share the gospel of Christ no matter my circumstance. And we're going to say that and we're going to end with saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can share the gospel of Christ in all circumstances. I can share the gospel of Christ in all circumstances. I can share the gospel of Christ in all circumstances. Because I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me. God thank you so much for our time together. God I pray that as we have shared this day. That it would become a conviction in my heart. In their hearts that we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter our circumstance. You have given us a commission. To change the world through Jesus. Keep our eyes focused on the one who died for us. Who rose again. And this world desperately needs. Just as we desperately need you Jesus. And God, we know that through you, through Christ, we can do all these things. So empower us, oh God, to complete the commission you've given us. Help us to share the good news of Jesus Christ to those who are around us without fear, regret, or apology. Because it is through Jesus Christ one has salvation. And you've asked us to give that away to the world. So help us to do so unashamedly. And then change the world around us through Christ. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen.